Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. And you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. It is Wednesday. This is episode 701, just in case you're keeping score at home. And I've got to tell you, we have got a great show. I'm going to play the scoreboard show that Thrift and I did on Labor Day. I hope that you had a great Labor Day weekend. I know that I had my 700th episode yesterday that I aired on this radio station. And we've got a lot to talk about here on the show, including football. The Braves drop a game to the St. Louis Cardinals 10-6. to I did not get into the big upset of Duke over Clemson, and I'll briefly talk about that. And then we've got NFL football this Thursday. The Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Detroit Lions. Still no word that Chris Jones has signed, but Travis Kelsey out with a big injury. I'm not sure if he is going to play. And Barber County. First win in 10 years. I wanted to give a shout out to the Barber County Jaguars. I don't talk a lot about them on this show, but that is impressive. And I'm excited for all those fans down in Clayton, Alabama, who root for the Barber County Jaguars. All right, let's get into the show. The Braves, they dropped the game to the St. Louis Cardinals, one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. They have been a disappointment. But the Braves are still 90 and 47. Mike Soroka got the call. It was a good start for him just to get into the game, but he only lasted three innings, threw 60 pitches, gave up five earned runs. At this point in the season, you've got to just cut your losses and say that Mike Soroka is not going to be one of the starting pitchers in the postseason. I like his rehab. He continues to just develop, and maybe he could get back to his level from two years ago. Looking at the current standings in the major leagues, the Atlanta Braves still have a 14.5 game lead over the Philadelphia Phillies. The Dodgers are sitting there six back after losing to the Marlins last night, and and now it's going to be a race to see who can get the number one overall seed And I'm pulling for the Braves. I'm pulling for them. Yes, this Giants fan is pulling for the Braves because I would love to see them win another World Series. And I just want to say that having four American tennis players in the quarterfinals at the U.S. Open, that's pretty cool. I don't talk a whole lot about tennis. I know I talked about Christopher Eubanks at Wimbledon, but he was a local guy to Atlanta. But this is great. If you're a tennis fan... This is really what it's all about. And I would like to see tennis make a return in this country to see players like Pete Sampras and Andre Agassi back in the early 90s. Anyway, we do have an NFL game this Thursday night. I cannot wait. Football is finally here in full force. You got high school football, college football, the NFL. Don't forget this Thursday Myself and Thrift Berenger are going to be at Kennett Stadium as the Shaw Raiders taking on the Northside Patriots. Then we're going to travel up to Woodbury, Georgia to call Calvary Christian taking on Flint River Academy. All right, I want to talk about the Barber County Jaguars 
What a an incredible story. And I know they did play on Friday. And they won their first game in 10 years. 12-6 over Calhoun. Their first game of the season. For those of you that don't know about Barber County, they are a 2A school down in Clayton, Alabama. It's the county that borders Russell County. I first heard about Barber County when I was the public address announcer in 2021. Russell County was scheduled to play Barber County. Barber County, because of COVID, because they're a very small school, they could not field a team. So Russell County ended up getting the forfeit win. But I'm excited for Barber County getting their first win. Yes, they are on the outskirts of the Chattahoochee Valley. But I want to try to give them some love here on this show. The new AP poll is out, and no surprise, Georgia is still number one. After that slow start against UT Martin, they have 58 first-place votes, followed by Michigan at number two. Alabama jumps up to number three. Florida State jumps up four spots at number four, and Ohio State falls two spots in the AP poll after a struggling win over Indiana the big surprise is Colorado jumps up in the rankings at number 22. Boy, that's a lot of pressure on Colorado to try to get that win against Nebraska. They're now a ranked team. Duke is also in the AP poll at number 21. And Clemson has fallen 16 spots all the way to number 25. Two teams that fell the most, LSU, they go all the way to number 14 after an upset loss to Florida State. And Clemson losing to Duke for the first time since 2004. And it is safe to say the dynasty is over. It's about that time to take that break. And when we come back, I'm going to air the scoreboard show that Thrift and I did on Labor Day. Talking everything high school football. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Newton. 770-954-9941. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in point one miles. <sighs> Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tune in each Sunday morning right here on WQEE 99.1 FM for the key. 
for Help from a High with Bishop Daniel Hardaway Sr. of Redemptive Life Worship Center at 9 a.m. Hear the Word of God and soak it in. You can join us for our live Sunday service at 10 o'clock a.m. till 12.30 p.m. at Redemptive Life Worship Center at 2265 Highway 54 in Marlin, Georgia. Have a blessed week. What is going on, everyone? It's another edition of Georgia Alabama Sports Live, and it is our high school show that we do every single week, and we are excited about it. We call it the Georgia Alabama Sports Live Show. We do it every Sunday. We didn't do it this Sunday because it's Labor Day weekend, so we decided to move it to today, um, right before the Clemson game gets started. So thank you, everyone, that is going to be tuning in. We got a lot that we're going to be getting into. We're going to review everything that happened in week two, and there was a lot of results, a lot of great games, some upsets happened. Me and Richard are dissect that. Then we're going to go into week four, and we're going to talk about our slate. We got two pretty good games that we're going to be live streaming on Georgia Alabama Sports Live Facebook page and YouTube channel. Um, then we'll preview some of the other games as well. And then tomorrow we'll – I mean, not tomorrow, but today we'll update – uh, the rest of the schedule uh, for the week, as we have another show we'll do. Me and Richard are excited about having a special guest on um, for that show. Uh, we got the Glenwood Coaches Show, uh, and then two live stream games that we're going to be doing. But without further ado, I'm bringing my partner in crime in. It's none other than Mr. Richard Holdridge. Richard, by the way, congratulations. You just did your 700th podcast episode for the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. So, that's pretty incredible feat that you've done now. How old is your podcast? About three and a half years old. My first episode was January 31st, 2020. It was actually the eve of the Super Bowl between the 49ers and the Chiefs. That's awesome. And I'm so, so glad that you have managed and you kept up with 700 shows, five a week. You're live on 99.1 in Noonan, WQEE, partner of ours. Also, um, you help out with Sports Visions whenever you can. You're live on our radio show, which is 4 to 6 p.m., 92.1 Smooth R&B, the Sports Visions radio app, 921.com, and the Sports Visions Facebook page. Me and DJ took the day off today. We will be back live on Thursday. DJ was there in Athens for Carson Beck's first start. I was in Auburn for Hugh Freeze era, uh, its first game. So we got a lot we're going to be talking about on Thursday. You got Alabama, Texas. You got the NFL season starting on Sunday. So all that on the Sports Fitchers Radio Show, 4 to 6 p.m. on Thursday. And we're going to touch on high school. We're going to also start later on uh, and during a, our weekly show. So we do our weekly show on Sunday, and we're going to try to implement one more show throughout the week um, unless we do have, you know, a lot of games or events like volleyball or softball coming up. It'd be kind of hard to be able to get those. Um, during the week, but weekend, the Sunday show is going to happen all throughout the year going into basketball, baseball, softball season in the spring. We're going to keep that consistent.
But when we start doing our week shows, we're going to start implementing our college thoughts, touch on the Falcons. We ain't going to, we're not going to touch on all of the NFL, maybe some big headlines, but mainly we're going to touch on Georgia, Alabama, and Auburn. We'll give our thoughts on them. Those are the three big schools around us. Those are the three biggest fan bases. Some SEC and, of course, the Atlanta Falcons. Richard may even throw a San Francisco in there. But that's <laughs> for another day. Today we're going to talk about all the things that happened during week three. And I guess we'll start with where we were. First off, Harris County, Mindy Johnson, the athletic director there. Rick Beach, thank you all so much for being a part of what we're trying to do here at George Alabama Sports Live. We did our third game day live from Durham Field. They had the drumline. Shout out to Sergeant Matt Andrade. He had his drumline there that played us in. Then we had the eight senior leader, uh, excuse me, senior leader, eight senior cheerleaders that were there as well. And um, we appreciate all the love that it made it feel like an actual game day, Richard. And then we had Zach Moss on to come help pick games. And you can't talk about Harris County Athletics without Rick Beach and Cutsu Sports, a partner of ours. I thought it was our best game day to date so far. And now we're just going to keep, you know, piling on and, and sticking with the same stuff that we just did this past week. But it started with Harris County and they did it big. They said, we're going to do it big here in the county. You better be ready. And they dang sure did that. They also got the win. We'll talk about it in a moment. But Richard, you came up with the idea of, of high school game day. And I was like, you know what? Let's do this thing. Let's actually, when we go live stream these games, let's go all out. And we were able to do that. Talk about your experience at Durham Field last Friday. Well, they sure did go big for a high school game day. It was everything that we could possibly imagine with the drum line in the cheerleaders right on the campus. And it's such a wonderful atmosphere, Danny Durham Field at Tiger Stadium. And the fans came out like they did the week before against Russell County. And just a big shout out to Rick Beach of Kutsu Sports. Yeah. And just athletic director Mindy Johnson for making it all possible. I mean, we had our producers, Toygar and Chris, there, and they were getting some shots. It, it, Chris at one time even had a drone, and I thought that was pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, this was kind of funny. The Shaw team started kicking field goals. And if you remember, they were getting pretty close to us, Thrift, and I thought it was it was pretty hilarious. I tried not to get too distracted when we were having our show but I had to be mindful that they were going to hit the camera or they were going to hit us. And we, we just had to be very careful at that moment. But yeah, Shaw had to get their kicks in. And so, you know, we still had to do a show. Yeah, we still had to do a show, but excited that we were able to do the show and excited that Chris Gates helped produce what was a, I thought, again, our best show to date. And I'm Absolutely. excited about the future of high school game day. We'll talk about where that's going to be this week. I didn't put in the schedule because I wanted to announce it today, but I guess I am going to have to add it to our schedule slate too because um, we do that every Friday, and we're going to do it again this Friday. So we'll, we'll be glad to be there and announce that. But let's go into the game now. Levi Watson, I think he was every bit a game manager, a playmaker that Coach Watson and his offense needs. Uh, Walker, one of the premier running backs for them, and Ogletree, they got a lot of love in the first half. Walker is a one. It's probably the fastest back they got. He's quick. He can run between the tackles. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of his bread and butter and his strength is bouncing it to the outside. But Levi Watson also had a touchdown pass to Greg Brown, and the the first touchdown of the game. 
And from what I was hearing from Rick Beach, Richard, and everyone at Harris County, I mean, Harris County, yeah, they were saying, you know what? This team is a power running team. Throwing's not their strength, but on the first drive, Levi Watson throws a 40 yard bomb to Mr. Brown. And I was like, wow. And then Shaw comes back and answers. We had a back and forth type game. It reminded me a little bit of Florida State LSU that happened last night. It was close. Harris County had definitely more yardage and should have scored more points. But second half, they just took over. And I'm going to say his name because this man is a workhorse. He is a he is a load. He is a 18-wheeler coming right at you, hitting you in the face. It is Matei Yeoman. He played linebacker in the first half, and he plays linebacker the whole game. They don't want to wear him out. So they decided to let him play only defense in the first half. In the second half, they gave him the rock, and he towed that rock for over 100 yards. In the first three drives of the second half, he had probably 8 to 10 different carries that went over 10 to 15 yards. First down, get 15 yards. Next next play, get another 15 yards. And they just wore down Shaw, kind of like what they did last week. And I think this is going to be the mantra for this Harris County team. What were some of your thoughts, Richard? Richard? What can you say about Matei Yeomans? I mean, he is a hybrid, plays offense, plays defense, kind of like Travis Hunter in Colorado. But Matei Yeomans plays linebacker. And when Shaw defense, they have the three-headed monster of Quintavious Walker and Miguel Sevilla and Matei Yeomans. But I thought the turning point in this game, Thrip, was when Nicholas Bates went out with the injury. Because once the Shaw quarterback went out, it made them one-dimensional. And Shaw could not throw the football down the field like with Nicholas Bates is capable of doing. And Harris County was just able to stop the run. And Harris County did a really good job also when Bates went out. And they pinned their ears back. They realized this is more of a one-dimensional offense, Richard. And then you saw a team that just started hitting on all cylinders. And I like this Harris County team a lot. I think 6-4, and 7-3 is very doable. I predicted that at the beginning of the season. I thought this team was going to be much improved from last year's 2-8. and eight. Coach Tommy Watson starting to implement his culture, his foundation, his system. Last year, year one, took a long time for the players to buy in. They're buying in now. And this Harris County team is definitely uh, reckoning. But in a tough region, McIntosh, top 15 team in the state, 5A. Northside, obviously, we know top 15 team. You got then Harris County as well. I mean, the team, the, the region is loaded, man, and it's going to be a tough one, but I like this Harris County team, and I like what they're made of. They're not going to make many mistakes. They're not going to turn the ball over because of how their offenses run, very conservative, and that's going to keep them in a lot of games, and their defense is stout. And, you know, looking at Troop County as they beat Callaway on the road, that loss only by 24, it was close majority of the game. I think that's not going to be a bad loss looking back on it as we head on through the season. All right, moving on from Harris County. We'll touch really quickly on Troop County and Callaway. Troop County, Teo Tide, he's the real deal. And I know you look at the score and you're like, well, they only won by eight points, only scored 21. Well, Callaway has an elite defense, top 10 defense in the entire state. They're also ranked number two in the state. Many people have them in the preseason winning it all just like with Troop County, who's also number two. 
Uh, different classifications. They are rivals. Troop County getting this, I think, is a huge win for them. And Coach Tanner Glisson and his program, uh, they're definitely the premier program around this area. Um, and I put them up against anyone, especially when you got a guy like Todd. Two years in a row that Troop County has beaten their crosstown rival, the Callaway Cavaliers. I still expect both teams to be competing for state championships at the end of the season. This was strength on strength. You had Callaway with Deshaun Coleman, Teo Todd for Troop County, and it was a back-and-forth game that could have gone either way, and Callaway Stadium was just rocking. I oh, mean, yeah. the whole town of LaGrange was out there to support either Troop County or Callaway. And even though Callaway's in 2A, Troop, K, Troop County's in 4A, they're not going to face each other in the postseason. But I do expect both teams to come out at the end of the season and make a deep run in the playoffs. I think so, too. And I like these teams a lot as they head on through the rest of the season. Let's go to two private schools, uh, Glenwood and Pacelli. I guess we can start with Pacelli first. They are on a roll, man. They got pretty much mollywhopped by Glenwood, but so has the other two teams that face them, too. They lost 38-12. to 12. Since that moment, they put up 50 on Tattnall Square at home. That's the only team they lost to last year, and they beat up Lakeview 41 to nothing. I, I, I heard it. I heard it in the offseason. They lost too much. They lost to Tim Tebow of the Tri-City area and Cam Ellis. They, they, don't, they don't have it. They, they, this is not going to be their year. It's going to be a they don't look like they're very good in the preseason game. This team's going to lose. They're going to go five and five, six and four. And then Coach Jones says, okay, they lose to Glenwood. I think that woke them up. That showed that this team, hey, what happened last year is last year's team. This is a brand new season, brand new team. I like this Pacelli team a lot. I was talking with Coach Corey Black. They are dominant right now. I looked at their schedule. Eight and two, seven and three is what I thought. I think that's what they're going to end up finishing up. And I think that loss against Glenwood, Rich, in my opinion, that is not a bad loss because Glenwood is about to literally dominate their entire schedule. And I think they're going to win in about uh, not this Friday, but next Friday when we're there for their rival game against Lee Scott. I think Glenwood's going to put everyone in the AISA on notice after that game at home. But right now, Glenwood's on a roll. But give me your thoughts on Pacelli, Richard. Well, if Glenwood continues to win, that loss that Pacelli suffered on opening day doesn't seem so bad. They're back on the road again against Mount DeSales Academy, and then in two weeks, it's the rematch of the GIAA Championship game. Remember that defensive battle where they defeated Stratford Academy 10-0? Well, Stratford Academy gets to come to Dymel Field to take on the Pacelli Vikings, and this team can only continue to grow and get better and uh, AZ Justy, we did not see him in the second half against Pacelli. I, I think nope. he's a great two-way player. Uh, kind of reminds me of Travis Hunter from Colorado. I know I, yep. I, I did the Travis Hunter reference twice on the show. I promise I won't <laughs> do it again. But, yeah, Pacelli's going to be fine. I cannot wait to see them against Stratford Academy in two weeks. Man, I can't either. And I think that this team is loaded. And I think Pacelli, just because they lost to Glenwood, you should never count them out. From Pacelli to Glenwood, the team that has dominated everybody in this area, Richard. First, let's start. They dominated Pacelli, 38-12. to Then they played the next week on the road at Brookstone and won that 38-17. to Probably could have scored another touchdown. They scored that 38th point with two minutes left in the third quarter. They were just trying to get out of there in the fourth quarter. And then they played Fort Dell, who was 2-0. 
on the road as a guy that pl- went to Glenwood, played for Glenwood. Fort Dale is in the middle of nowhere. It's one of those towns where it's like where we're going this Friday, Flint River. Um, it's in the middle of nowhere. Everybody goes out to show the, the boys support. Fort Dale is a team that's won a state championship at least once, I think maybe two times in the last 10, 12 years. They were the best football program when I was in school. This team has a lot of history, and they were undefeated. And Glenwood went in there and handled business. Slow start the first half, only up 14 to nothing. Second half, Glenwood did exactly what they did against Pacelli and Brookstone. They just wear you down. They use Carter Judah. Dallas Crow is I know I know Andrew Alford's getting a lot of love, and we'll talk about Central next. But Dallas Crow, I'm putting him up there with any of these quarterbacks, man. He can do it with his legs, he can do it with his arms, he doesn't make mistakes. He is the perfect uh quarterback for coach. Um now just Coach Nelson, Ryan Nelson's offense. And uh I like this Glenwood team a lot, man. They have won every game by 17 points or more. And I think that's only can can continue. And I said this after Pacelli. I thought this could be potentially the best Glenwood team they've ever had. When I say best, that does not mean the most talented. Other Glenwood teams may have had more talent. I'm going off of this Glenwood team in the region they're playing in and with the resources they got, they're playing the best at the highest level that they can play at. And no other Glenwood team can say that other than the 93 team that won a state championship. Now, they have made multiple over the last few years. Heck, they were runner-up last year. I think that runner-up title is going to be thrown out the window. I think state championship title is on Coach Nelson's mind one week at a time, but they dominated Fort Dell. Dallas Crow has put the entire Tri-City area on notice as one of the best quarterbacks to play in this region, and he does have weapons. He's got his 6'6 target, Mason McCrane, and he has been just an outstanding weapon for him. And you talk about the two-headed monster, Carter Judah and Camden White. Not a bad running back combination. And their defense has been solid. Great win against Fort Dale Academy. They will travel to take on Bessemer Academy. And I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but you know what's coming two weeks from now, Thrift. Yeah, I do. And we're going to be there for it. It's going to be the game of the week. And can't wait to see that one. Um, from Glenwood to Pacelli, we'll stay in the Phoenix City area, and we'll go down a team off Somerville Road uh, where they play their games at Garrett Harrison Stadium. That's the Central Red Devils. And they played in the Brackyard Brawl against their rival, and they laid the absolute hammer to them. They did. Uh, I didn't think they had a chance at Smith Station. I don't think you did either. Most people around the area, Smith Station playing on the road at Central. Maybe if it was at Smith Station, it had been different. These two teams are uh, about six miles apart. 10 minutes, but Andrew Alford has close to 10 touchdowns in two games. He's thrown for close to 1,000 yards in two games. This guy, who I thought was really good at Brookstone, you saw the talent. You saw what he was capable of. He was even a heck of a basketball player. But what he's doing with the weapons that Central have, and that includes the number one player in Alabama, I think this team, outside of Thompson, is the best team in the state of Alabama, hands down. And Thrift, Cam Coleman, the number one recruit in Alabama, doesn't even lead the team in receiving yards. Dylan Gentry is getting a lot of open looks. A lot of corners are Can I shifting. say something? Can I say something real quick? Yeah. My man Dylan Gentry. I knew his dad, Dana. I remember Dylan when he went to Glenwood and he was a little pup. 
I remember coaching against him and, and basketball when he was in the uh, probably fifth or sixth grade. This dude has always been an athlete. His dad was an athlete. And this guy, he is a West Welker of all West Welkers, man. He's hard to cover. He's a scat back. And he's obviously one of the favorite targets for Alfred, especially with Mr. Coleman getting double team. I had to throw that out there. Oh, absolutely. Not only the offense is clicking for Central, their defense has been absolutely dominant, shutting down the Smith Station running back, Quinton Brooks. And, you know, Bryant Garrison, he's in his first year as head coach for the Smith Station Panthers. This is a rivalry where Smith Station has not won in a long time. I know that having a new head football coach, you know, Smith Station, they're changing the culture there. Coach Garrison is going to get players to play at Smith Station. And one of these days, this rivalry will be competitive again. Remember, they, they go down to T.C. Britton Field next year. Uh, but just it seems like every time Smith Station goes to Garrett Harrison Stadium, that Central, two years ago, they won 58 to nothing. They won 51 to nothing this time. It's really just been dominance by Central. It's a testament of how great Central is. Yeah, it is. And Coach Nix, he's a quarterback guru, and he's had his both his sons going to play the next level, and Alford's going to be another one. The guy is on fire right now, and I don't see him slowing down any time soon. Uh, I guess we can move on, and we'll go on the other side of the river to some of these Muscogee County schools. We already touched on Northside, who won 42 nothing against Hardaway. Manchester, who beat Columbus 54-3. Let's go to Brookstone who has not started the way Coach Gillespie wanted. A lot of hype in last week's game against Glenwood. WTVM was there to broadcast the game. Had a little bit of letdown. You lost by 21. FPD, first Presbyterian day comes in. They're 0-1. Brookstone, I could chop it up. Hey, Glenwood's just the best private school football team in this area. Heck, they're the best private school football team in the AISA in the state of Alabama. So losing to them is not a it's not something that you should hold your head down about. Obviously, you wanted to play better, but to lose at home to FPD by 18 points and pretty much we're not even in the game majority of it. I know that's gotta be a it's gotta hurt, Coach Gillespie. The schedule's only gonna get tougher. Remember, you gotta play at Pacelli, still got Tattnall Square, still a tough schedule, Stratford. Um, it's gonna be tough for Brookstone right now. I mean, obviously. I don't think they're going to match last year's success because, you know, losing someone like Alford does hurt. You did lose a lot senior-wise and Walker and the running back, Flowers. But I, I just think right now, Brookstone, they, they need to find – they need to get some confidence. Hopefully it's going to be coming up this week. Um, but they do have some, some tough games they have to play here. I'm trying to see who they play. Yeah, they have a bye this okay. week. They have, do have a bye, so I thought they did. But, hey, bye comes at a good time. You start 0-2, but we saw a team. And you talked about Glenwood. This is a game where Glen last year Pacelli beat Glenwood. Glenwood then lose to Brookstone. Went on to win eight of the last nine games, making it to the state championship. This Glenwood team, I mean, this Brookstone team, they can get hot. The season's far from over with. But a very disappointing loss, especially to start both home games 0-2. And the good thing about Brookstone is they have not played a region game yet. That won't take place 
until they take on Pacelli in the battle for the Brucelli jug on October the 6th. This Brookstone team will continue to be better. Look, we were at Brookstone Media Days. We saw all the players they lost from last year's team. Dimitri Flowers, your leading rusher. Walter yeah. Blanchard, who's now at Georgia. Andrew Alford, who's now at Central. I mean, that's a lot to, to recover from. But if anybody can get this team to develop the way they want, it is Coach Rance Gillespie, who's yeah. been a coach at Georgia Southern. He's been a quarterback whisperer. He knows the offense. And Brookstone will get back on track. And I think that Brookstone will be fine. But uh, I cannot wait. The next region game. Oh. By the way, it just happens to be Pacelli. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Uh, we can't wait to see how that one's going to play out October the 6th. And Richard, we we have some a big game that week as well, but we won't be live streaming that as that will be on one of our partners, Pacelli TV. Uh, Dave Platt will be on the call. By the way, he may be one of our guests coming up. Stay Maybe. tuned for that. Teaser, teaser. That's a teaser. All right, moving on. Let's keep on to Muskogee County. And we'll go to Kendrick. They got their first win. They won 14 to nothing over a Heritage team. Yes, that is the same Heritage team that is the rival of Pacelli that's in their same region. They are GIAA school. But it's a win. And I think for Coach Robert Martin and his program, a win is a win is a win is a win. And that's how they should chop it up. That's how I'm going to take it. Obviously, it's not the best win if you're in terms of points, only winning 14 to nothing. But Kendra's trying to foundationally get back to the way they used to be in the 90s when they won an at a state championship with Del McGee. It's been a long time since that moment. Even, heck, in the early 2000s, they had some seasons where they were won five or six games and made it to the playoffs. It's been a long time since that moment. Coach Martin's a guy that I believe can do get them to that point. Um, and winning is winning. And uh, I think they did – get a good win against Heritage to go to one and two. Congratulations to head coach Robert Martin and the Kendrick Cherokees picking up the first win and they've matched their win total from last year. They, they can only improve from here. You know, they got to play Jordan. They get into a tough region schedule where you got eight teams in their region. You got to play yeah. all the teams in Macon, like central Southwest Southeast, yep. Uh, Northeast that's, that's about to take on Carver uh, this uh, Friday, and they beat them last year. Some tough opponents, Ace yeah. Charter. So, I mean, Kendrick can build off this win and just continue developing the way they should be. And I, I'm just – I'm happy for Coach Martin and the Kendrick staff. I'm happy for the athletic director, Andre Dye, and just all the Kendrick alumni. And uh, just keep supporting Kendrick football. I mean, it'll yeah. come around, and they'll start being competitive. And – by the way, Thrift, we will be calling Kendrick this year. I, I know that's a, a little teaser down the road. Yeah, look at that. Richard's learning, and we will. We're going to try to touch on every school around this area at least once. That was our mantra at the beginning of the year. From Kendrick, we'll move on to Spencer. And Spencer, you know, again, I, I think they got the talent there, Richard. You know, Mr. Gary Gaither is, is a team that is, I mean, is a team as a quarterback that Everybody, myself, DJ, everyone in this area, we believe he's going to the next level. He's got all the talent in the world. But they played a Westover team that got the better of them. Obviously, Westover is known for their basketball program. But I think this is a big win for them to come into Otis Spencer Stadium and to upset Spencer like that. That's a, that was a shocking moment for me. 
I had Spencer winning by two touchdowns when we picked on game day. I know you had them winning. I think everybody on the set, Rick Beach and Zach Moss, all picked them to win that game. And the fact that they end up losing, I mean, the season's far from over with. And I looked at their schedule, seven and three, six and four. But again, a lot of these teams that had years like they did last year, you're going to take step back. You're, you are going to take steps back when you do lose senior leadership just like uh, what happened with Spencer. Gaither, he played a great game, but this is back-to-back weeks in which he was out of zero points against Carver, 14 now against Westover. Their offense going to get back on track, I, still, I believe firmly, in Coach Joseph Kegler. Uh, but this was, a, it was a tough loss for them, especially at home. It really was a tough loss, Thrift. Uh, Westover is a 4A school out of Albany. They are in the same region as Shaw and Hardaway. They did not make the playoffs. Last, well, actually, they were the fourth seed. Uh, Hardaway was the team that did not make the playoffs. Spencer played Westover in Albany last year. And Westover, I don't I don't remember what the score was, but Westover beat them, and it was more than two touchdowns. And Westover coming into a hostile environment at Otis Spencer Stadium. This is a big win for the Westover Patriots. And yeah. Spencer, one and two, they've lost two straight. You know, they, they had a lot of confidence after beating Greenville on the first game of the season. But I tell you, Spencer has just got to regroup. They play Kendrick next. It's on a Thursday night because – But not this Thursday. Do They do get a bye, which is – They a, do get a bye, yes. They get a bye after these two losses. Everything that they had to deal with, and that's another thing too. Carver just had a bye this week. So they were to recuperate after what happened last Friday. That has to have a factor into what happened with Spencer this week. Remember, these kids dealt with a lot last week with, with everything, the chaos that ensued at A.J. McClung Memorial Stadium for the Carver-Spencer game, the Heritage Bowl. So I'm going to chop it up that they just need a buy. It's coming at the perfect time, in my opinion. And Coach Kegel will have these guys rocking and rolling. We'll say in Muskogee County, um, you don't have to put this graphic up, Richard, but Jordan lost to Mount Zion 43-6 on the road. You know, tough loss, but again, we're not measuring Jordan on wins and losses. We're measuring them on if they're playing hard, if they're competing, are they getting better individually as groups. And I, I'm seeing that every single week. Richard is in the under um, – oh, there is one, and I can't believe I didn't bring this up because we're going to call a game for them this Friday. And that is Calvert Christian had a, I say debilitating loss because you beat the defending state champions in week one, you dominate in week two, you're two and zero, oh, you're riding high, you're playing at home, you're also playing a team that your baseball team just won in the state championship against in Kings Ridge, probably a, a rival of Calvary's in Gaps, and they lost twenty one to six. Coach Manuel Brunson, he said he needed games like this right now when you start mm-hmm. undefeated as a coach. As a new program, you think everything you're doing is right. You don't need to work on anything. That this is everything's going according to plan. And then, boom, you hit a rock in the road. Now you got to get back in there, start grinding like you did to begin the season. Coach Brunson's going to do a great job. Tough loss. Uh, Luke Zavek, he had a tough game. Scoggins, what much of a factor? Only being held to six points. It's tough, especially at home. Um, but they probably needed this. And now going on the road, they're a team that really wants to win a championship. They need to be punched in the mouth. They need to be shown, hey, this is what happens when you lose. Every new coach needs that. 
And now that's happened for Coach Brunson. I expect this Calvert team to get back on the right track. We're excited to be able to call one of their games here this season, maybe in the near two future, as I just said, this Friday. Um, but Kings Ridge comes in and takes one from Calvert, 21 to 6. And this Friday, Calvary Christian will drive about 50 minutes up the road in a small town, Woodbury, Georgia, that's just outside of Manchester, to play Flint River Academy. Woodbury is a town with about a thousand people in Flint River, 2-0 on the season. I expect the Calvary fans to make this trip, and we'll be there as well. I'm excited just to be in that so you're small gonna go town. Ahead and you're going to go ahead and not let me announce it. You, I had everything planned out. I was like, Richard, I'm you going to You already announced it. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, you just wanted to mess up my announcement, but no, you're right. Yeah, go ahead, go um, ahead and make it official. Uh, so, and we'll, we'll stop there. That'll I'll mention two other games. Uh, Beauregard. We may be calling a Beauregard game in about two weeks. Excited. They're, they're in our proximity. They're, we want to consider them a part of George Alabama Sports Live. They won 47 to nothing. This Beauregard team made the playoffs last year. I expect them to make the playoffs again this year. In two weeks, they play Charles Henderson, who about lost to lost in the state championship last year with State runner up. That's going to be a big game, September 22nd. I'm hoping that Georgia Alabama Sports Live can be there, but we're going to be there. It's Calvary versus Flint River Academy. And it's a part of our high school football showcase. By the way, if you like these graphics, shout out to my guy Richard <laughs> going in, making making us look good. Um, but Calvary, two and one, takes on Flint River Academy, who's undefeated out of bye this past week. It's gonna be a tough place. It's gonna be hostile. Like I said, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's gonna be packed. This is gonna be the only thing going on in Woodbury. And I expect them to have a great turnout, Calvary. They do travel well. It's only about a 50-minute drive. We're going to go up there. We're going to get our first-hand experience of this Calvary Christian program and see what Coach Brunson's is made of. We were hoping they'd be undefeated and beat Kings Christian. I mean, Kings Christian. I mean, Kings Ridge Christian. Um, but there's a lot of Christian schools. There is. In gaps. We got Calvary Christian. We got Kings Ridge Christian. Uh, but we're excited to be there. High school game day will also will be live from Calvary Christian School before we head up the Flint River. So we're going to go all out for Calvary Christian, and that's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll see the Flint River Wildcats take on Calvary. And then also on Thursday, we got a rivalry. We got Shaw, who is one and two, had a tough loss last week. If Nicholas Bate doesn't get hurt. I think that's a totally different game against Harris County. I think even the Harris County people admit that. Shaw, Coach Johnny Gardner, takes on Northside, who, after getting pretty dominated by LaGrange in week two, they went on and dominated Horton Hardaway 42 to nothing. Shaw and Northside, they're about five, seven minutes apart, and that's going to be at Kinnett Stadium. So we got another doubleheader this week. Not a doubleheader on the day, but two games this week. High school football Thursday showcase, Shaw at Northside. And then our Friday showcase is going to be Calvary and Flint River. Two pretty good, I think, two really good games. Uh, two teams, three teams in Shaw, Northside, and Calvary that we expect a lot from this year. And we're excited to call them. Any thoughts on it, Richard? 
Yes, Caden Clay, one of the best quarterbacks in the Tri-City area. He's got eight touchdowns. The player to watch, Kingston Rivers, the son of Jonathan Bam Rivers, the local Bam. radio legend here in Columbus. I tell you, Northside's program has just continuing to get better after having their best season in school history, making the second round of the playoffs. Corcho Peza is just plugging and playing. You know, they lost Malachi Hosley. We're going to see him in a pen Quaker uniform on September the 8th. I cannot yep. wait to see if, if he gets an impact. And did you see the, the Florida State LSU game last night? Ashlyn Barker making an impact for the Florida State Seminoles, number 27, former Northside Patriot. And so there's a lot of pride with the Northside Patriots, a huge fan base. This is the home stadium for both Shaw and Northside. So we're going to see fans on the visitor side and on the home side. It's for the battle for North Columbus, Thrift. I'm excited about this one. I am too, and I'm ready to be there. And I know we're going to have – we're going to go out and show out, as we always do. We'll start pregame about 6.45, 6.50, kickoff 7 o'clock. And then uh, game day for Calvary will be at 6, 7.30, kickoff about 7.10, 7.15, maybe 7.20 will be our pregame show live on Facebook and YouTube. All right, we're going to touch on a few games, preview them, and then we're going to get out of here, Richard. And before that, I guess, since we already made that announcement, tomorrow we'll be live for our preview show, High School Georgia Alabama Sports Live, going again tomorrow night. And we are going to touch on the Auburn, Georgia, and Alabama games college wise. We'll throw a few other games around the country that piqued our interest. I mean, obviously, everybody's talking about. Deion Sanders primetime winning against CCU and my boy Josh Pate as he said uh, you better be a believer now and if you weren't I am a believer <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah go out there and say it otherwise go and tweet Dion that you don't believe you'll be called out on national television um, and we're having Dave Plata long time TV TV legendary commentary I uh, comment commentator uh was wtvm's sports director for 30 years and he also is a play-by-play for the pacelli football program we've called several games together i love dave i interned with him back in the day and there's no one that knows about these the history of these programs around our area the day plata we'll have him on so tomorrow we'll have our coaches show from 6 30 to 7 and then about 7 15 7.30 the latest. We'll get live and we'll start rocking and rolling with Dave Plata. We'll touch a little bit on some college football, throw in our maybe a Falcons conversation as the NFL starts, and then we're going to get out of there. Thursday, you got the Sports Visions radio show, 4 to 6 p.m. with me and DJ Jones. We'll talk about all college, pro, and high school. Jack Patterson will be on that, along with some other great guests around the area, including and, and also – National guys, we get celebrities, national guys, former professional athletes. We get all the big-time guests on Sports Visions. Then Thursday night, you got Shaw versus Northside, 7 o'clock. And then on Friday, Calvary versus Flint River. So we got a jam-packed schedule, Richard. I'm excited about here on Georgia, Alabama. Sports Live, some of the big games. So Spencer's got to buy Troop County and Taylor County. It was a necessary buy for Spencer. Uh, Harris County plays Howard. Howard's 2-0 and undefeated. Harris County's 2-1. and It's at home. I'm hoping our brethren from up uh, Highway 185, up Martha Berry Highway. You know, I hope um, Harris County's 
they're going to get that three and one record after taking on Howard. Uh, Glenwood takes on Bessemer. Bessemer is zero and two. Glenwood on the road, about a two-hour drive. Bessemer, Alabama. What f- famous professional and collegiate Hall of Famer is from Bessemer? Richard, do you know? Yes, I do. That would be Bo Jackson. I'm glad you didn't freak out like your old partner used to. <laughs> Come on, he, he was the greatest two two sport athlete of all time. The second greatest. He just happens to coach at Colorado. Uh, I think that's a that's a great point. All right, so they play Bessemer, Glenwood, looking to go four zero. They'll dominate Bessemer. Pacelli plays Mount Day Sales Academy. They're zero and two. I expect Pacelli to go up there and dominate. Hardaway takes on Noonan. Both teams are 0-2. Noonan's still a really good program. Hardaway trying to get their first win of the season. Um, and let's see. Uh, you got Central taking on Enterprise. I guess that's the if – if one that's game, game that we could broadcast, Richard, I guess, if we had that's to pick outside of Calvary. I'm glad we're doing the Calvary game. But Central taking on Enterprise, who jumps upset number two Auburn, seventeen to sixteen last week. They're undefeated. They're ranked in the top ten. Taking on Central is ranked number two. I think that would probably be the game that we would love to go. It's two hours away. It's going to be a big one. I'm excited about that one, Richard. Um, just looking at the schedule, Smith Station plays Prattville. They're on the road. Auburn taking on undefeated Dothan. Um, we got Chattanooga County taking on North Clayton. Valley taking on Beauregard. Valley one and one. Nice. Beauregard undefeated. That's a, a game that uh, under the radar that we're going to keep an eye out on. Lagrange and Ups and Lee. Ups and Lee's three and zero. Lagrange one and one. Obviously, Lagrange one loss to Carver Atlanta, and that's not a bad loss. And then they dominated Northside. Any other any of these games you want to touch on? Northeast takes on Carver. Um, I expect Carver to win that one game pretty handily. What do you got, Richard? I do, I do like Carver in that game. Remember, Carver lost to Northeast last year. Uh, just a big shout-out. Ups and Lee is 3-0. and I mean, This is a team that's on the outskirts of the Chattahoochee Valley. Also, Trayvon Walker went to Ups and Lee. And Ups and Lee actually lost to Carver in the first round of the playoffs last year. They're a 3A school. Trying to get some love. LaGrange, they play Ups and Lee every year. They got to make that uh, that small trip to Thomaston and to play Ups and Lee. and Another game of note that's a huge game. East Coweta is taking on Sandy Creek. Yeah, that is going to be. And Richard, I mean, my man, he keeps up with all things. Him and Sam Crenshaw. I love Sam Crenshaw. He does the high school football scoreboard show in Atlanta and touched on all scores around the state of Georgia. Between him and Richard, I mean, they keep up with all things that's happening. You got the Pulpwood Classic, Richard. But oh, yeah, we forgot about that. Burke County takes on Callaway. Only you would know what that classic's called, Richard. Um, but, again, Central Enterprise, a big one. Uh, Calvary, I think, is one of the another top game in the area. Um, and then you got Northeast taking on Carver. It's a pretty good game as well. Any Anything else you want to touch on, Richard, before we get out of here? As Clemson's already started their kickoff, they're taking on Duke. Um, we got a good schedule coming up. Make sure to like us on Facebook, Georgia Alabama Sports Live. Subscribe on YouTube. And please like the Sports Visions radio show as well. I was, again, in Auburn for that Hugh Freeze era. It was loud. It was crazy atmosphere. It was everything you expected from a rejuvenized program. By the way, Auburn just got the number one 
one of the top offensive linemen of 2024. So they just keep, keep killing and recruiting. DJ was at Athens. Um, and we have people, uh, my, my guy, Rico Mitchell, he was up in Alabama. He was telling me how it's, it was there. College football's back. Football's back, baby. We're going to be touching it on is. all of them. Make sure you like us. It's Georgia Alabama Sports Live. Thank you all so much. We hope you have a great rest of your Labor Day night. Richard, any more final thoughts when we get out of here? It's been a great show. Can't wait for this busy week that we have, and I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their Labor Day. See you all later, guys. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location. Bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Hey, sports fans. It's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, this is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.